You are listening to Exciters. What is Hollywood anyway? It's just a bunch of people from other places. Stories about dreams, audacity, choices, dedication, and unconditional passion for the performing arts. I'm Ingrid, your host, and this is Exciters. Welcome back on the show. I hope you're all enjoying the last few days of the summer. It will be back, I promise. Uh, but for today, I'm speaking with Christina Farah, an actress, dancer, and voiceover actor from Beirut, the capital of Lebanon. Christina moved to the city only a few months ago, and uh, she is currently studying at the Susan Batson Studio. And as she puts it herself, acknowledging that she wanted to be an actor was the easiest and the hardest things she's ever done. And among other subjects in this conversation, we talk about age and its non-relevance, the importance of sticking to one's truth, and the joy of living in this city where the struggle is real, but worth it. I'll let you discover Christina's story. Let's get started. Hi, Christina. Hello. Oh, it's so good to have you here. Thank you, Ingrid. Thank you for having me no, here. Thank you so much for being here. And really very happy to be here and to be sharing my stories in whatever form uh, possible. And I'm happy to, to answer your questions. What have you been doing lately? What, what are you working on? Lately, I've been going to class, acting classes. Okay. Very happy with them. I've been working on my papers because I need an extension to stay in New York and yeah. figure a way to... Uh, work as an actress mm -hmm. in New York. I've been auditioning. I've been lucky enough to get some auditions because it's not an easy thing to get in New York as well. And on the side, trying to figure a life, some personal life to have, <laughs> like um, meeting with my friends simply, like not even this big social life, just catching up with them, the people I love, the people mm. I need, the people who need me. Right. But it's going well. Like, I'm a very happy uh, person right now. Um, the challenge is big. There is struggle in every day's um, tasks, mm -hmm. but I'm happy. I'm fine. Um, I would love for you to tell me your anecdote that you were just telling me about that relates to your age, right? When I first got here, like to New York, and this was 10 months ago, I was all about age. I was asking everyone first their name and then their age. Yeah, because you were obsessed about. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because one, I didn't mind whatever age I have in front of me. But at the same time, I did mind because I wanted to know if other fellow actors that are taking this class that have just started or that have been doing this, um, that have been working as, a, as actors for a long time, mm. what age they had. Like I was studying the cases, like comparing myself and judging if I did the right decision or not, even though like I knew I did the right decision for my happiness, even though I knew that I was doing the exact, the perfect thing for me, but there was something still like mm, inside me, um, scared, mm -hmm. fear. Yeah. And what happened uh, throughout classes, my social life, when talking to people, watching people, I realized I was the only one asking this question. And sometimes when I would ask this question, people would answer it because, because I want to answer a question they've been asked, but it was irrelevant. And I really want to share this uh, from the bottom of my heart, that I learned um, that Age is really relevant for 
almost nothing. Mm. What does age define? What, who said, who decided, and based on what principle? I got stuck in many stereotypes as well, so many f rigid ideas, mm. such as we finish school at the age of X, 17, we go to university to do a BA, then we have to do a master's degree or maybe work a couple of years before doing our master's degree and then start a job, etc. Like this structure is based on what? Is it our mental capacities? I don't think so. It really is not relevant. Mm. And another thing, when I look at successful people, when I read about people who made it or people that all of us look up to, they did not really follow the structure of age or the structure of society. They were just faithful to, them, to themselves. They were just like listening to this inner voice. And there was a room for this inner voice. There was a room for their gut feeling. Mm -hmm. And they were following it. And so... Compared to my fellow, to my friends, compared to many people in my society, I should be married with babies right now. And I should, should have had a career already established. I am not married. I don't have a baby, even though I would love to have a family. I'm starting a new career again in a foreign country, a very competitive city but where there is room for dreams, for hope, for hard work, or for work, it doesn't have to be hard all the time. And opportunities are there. Either I learn to get it or I don't. Either I deserve it or I don't. Mm -hmm. In this moment and in this realm. So with time, I stopped asking this question. I realized again and again that age doesn't define me. One, I get cast for... 16, 17, and 18 years uh, old roles. Not even, not even close to my age. Mm. And second, like, I even have this problem in society. I, I when, I'm, when I'm out having a drink, like when men hit on me, very young ones hit on me. <laughs> They like, not even like my own age or older, you know, I give this impression. So what am I scared of? Why am I limiting myself with this problem? I mean, it's another, it's another trick. It's another irrelevant question to stand in my way. but and, and from my side, I created it. Okay, I got it from around me, from my small or large society, from the world. I don't know. But now I'm responsible for myself and I own myself. So if, I, if I'm owning myself, really, mm. this is not my truth. This is not real for me. It really doesn't matter. And, and one more thing, there's a proof about that. Like, so how many people suddenly things happen to them? How many people in one year get a career, find the man or woman of the dream, of their dreams, have a family in one, two years? It is possible. Anything is possible. I'm not the most positive or optimistic person on earth. I am, I consider myself as being realistic, like, and not pessimistic. But really, you want to move a mountain? If you really want to move a mountain, it will move. You just got to have faith. You just got to believe. Age doesn't matter, guys. But what matters is your gut feeling, your honesty with yourself. And it only comes with positive attitude towards yourselves first and then the others. And actually, it comes together. But it's like, I'm happy to remind people that really, really, it is ridiculous. 
you please do. <laughs> I thought that my dream was everyone's dream. And so I was like, eh, why make the effort? But it's not true. I meet people that are happy with what they're doing. I meet a happy doctor. I meet a happy lawyer. They don't want to act. And I'm a happy actress today. That's great. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to know a little more about your childhood. So you were born and raised in Beirut, right? Can you tell me a little more about how your early years started? So I was born and raised in Lebanon, in Beirut specifically. And it's weird, that's another story, but it's until I reached New York and I started working on acting, I started digging deeper in, my, in the craft. It's only until then that I, uh, one day I noticed that I was born during war. And thank God uh, my family was safe and they were able to manage uh, our safety. And I only acknowledged this the moment I reached here. And it started making me think that how much this could have, would have affected me. And I'm not uh, aware of that. It's like when you take it for granted, you know, you're born and when you're, when you're born and you start growing up, you don't think about anything else than what's surrounding you mm -hmm. and then and then slowly you start looking at larger horizons you know the perspective um, becomes wider I had um, an amazing childhood because of everything that happened during my childhood mm -hmm. and mostly the love I got I was a single child uh, no brother no sister so on one hand it was amazing because I got pampered not too much My father and my mother were very wise. They didn't want me to become spoiled. Thank God. I wouldn't have come here if I were spoiled. I wouldn't have had the courage to come here. So uh, it, it helped me grow my personality. So did you, did you grow up very religious? Did you, was it a very religious house that you lived in? I did grow up religious. I'm not going to say very religious because um, to start with the closest uh, society I had, which was my father and my mother, mm -hmm. they were, they are um, Christians and real Christians, true in their heart, but not like imposing. So this wasn't like the very religious part, but at school it was very religious. So I attended a Jesuit school and actually this is where I learned French and English and Arabic and some of my Spanish, my broken Spanish. So yes, the education was amazing at this uh, at this school, but the religious part was a bit tough. Mm. Um, I'm not sure about, I don't remember how it went. Like, I don't remember how the structure of the education was, but it was all about Christianity. Mm -hmm. If the numbers are right, we have something around 18 religion and sub-religions in Lebanon, which is a lot. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, we coexist very well. We, as people, as um, citizens, I don't see very much of problems, problematics. Yes, there is war, there are conflicts, but I don't believe it comes from the people. I do not believe at all it comes from us. There are extremists, hmm. like everywhere, yes, there are, but not more than anywhere else in the world. It's just that sometimes it's, it's being triggered perhaps more often than in other places. So you you told me earlier that um, before you decided to commit to acting, you did spend a lot of time on film sets, right? Uh, so um, did you direct, produce, or assist? Well, at the beginning, I started assisting everything. 
Sure. Just to have hands on on everything. And in Lebanon, the, um, the community is not very big. Everyone knows everyone and everyone wants to help everyone. And you create friendships. You create, uh, strong ties with people. And I really, I really have a lot of esteem and appreciation for a lot of artists in Lebanon. Like, I really wish them so many beautiful things mm. I, and opportunities. So it was very, rewarding uh, to be bathing and to be evolving around a lot of people in this industry mm -hmm. uh, I ended up with time sticking to being an assistant director like I did a lot of it and I I know why because the management part and the structure you know structuring yeah. the set and organizing and planning is something I enjoy it's a bit an OCD for me in my life as well <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, this is my where my procrastination goes. I have to clean my table, clean the bedroom, clean everything before. And God knows, do so many things before starting the work. But when I start the work, it's done in five minutes. It's because I need this. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. You need a deadline. Oh yeah, and, this too. And stress. Oh yes, too. <laughs> this too. I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I did love the management part. I did appreciate the work, but. What I was enjoying so much is the exposure on so many differences in, in, on one set. Like you have people from different background, age, uh, culture, I, the ideas. It's so challenging to deal with so many people to like, um, orchestrate. Yeah. Orchestrate things and, you know, action between them. It's challenging and so beautiful and, Oh, of course, I got pissed so many times. I got like mad crazy on some and, and yeah, like a lot of things happened. It triggered a lot of emotions in me, but it's so beautiful. This is exposure. And also another thing, being an assistant director, it was interesting for me because I would literally slip under the director's skin. Like I would study him before even knowing that I'm studying him or her. Like I would know the everything about this person. Another character that I want to anticipate that I want to know so well in order to get the work moving, to get the job done, to get the to to have the show go go on. It it was very rewarding for me. Mm -hmm. But like And yeah, of course, on the side, I did other things. It wasn't always about uh, assisting the director. I got the chance to direct a, t a fashion TV magazine uh, for Abu Dhabi TV for a year. It was very rewarding as well. I covered uh, many fashion um, runways. I had to, in I interviewed a lot of um, fashion designers in uh, London, Milano, Uh, Paris, New York. It was the first time I came to New York. Oh, it was wow. with this uh, job. And uh, it was very interesting. It, it taught me a lot. I met a lot of people. I, I was on in a new um, format. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I directed some short films as well for me. Uh, actually, a short film, uh, a short documentary, uh, commercial. Mm -hmm. Not many of them. I I wasn't satisfied. Like I needed, I still I was craving performances. And how did you decide to make the big leap? Yeah, so it didn't happen like in order. I was always like going back from assistant, di assisting a director, shooting uh, I don't know an Instagram video or uh, videographing whatever. Like I was able to uh, work on to. To have a diversity in my life, like, you know, not to get bored with, you know, a certain rhythm. Oh, I'm someone who gets bored very easily and I want something new right away. 
And in parallel, I had the luck to become a voiceover artist in Lebanon. This mm. is something that was very rewarding. I would do it for free. I would do anything to record because I enjoy it so much. Mm -hmm. And being a voiceover uh, artist means you work on commercials, audiobooks, answering machines, uh, documentaries. So, and in three languages, like uh, mostly in Arabic, the Lebanese Arabic, mm -hmm. not the standard modern Arabic, Arabic, but also French and English. Okay. And it's, you know, like you, I got to act, but only with my voice. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a commercial, you have to put an intention, sure. emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I got, uh, I trained myself because there is no training. You learn from people who did it before you. Uh, yeah, that we have a great reference in Lebanon. She's, she's a wonderful woman. Like, I learned a lot from her. Uh, Tanya, her name is Tanya. And my father, he's, he was the one to, you know, because I'm the daughter of someone who's in, in the industry. And the first time I recorded something was in my father's studio. Okay. And this is how I, the ball got rolling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one thing led to the other. Now, when I listened to the first commercials I recorded, Oh my God, I want to delete them from the, the face of the, the earth. <laughs> they were so amateurish. And thank God I like learned to work on myself and improve. Yeah. I've been recording in a consistent way for Maybelline New York. And I feel very proud about that. Okay. Uh, I, and also a monthly magazine for the past eight years and so many other products. And like, I love it because I change my voice sometimes, the attitude, like even my friends wouldn't recognize me. So it was acting without, you know, the visual exposure but the audio exposure and then one day I took things to the next level thanks to a psychological therapist she's a psychotherapist uh, with whom I'm doing a work a personal work like because I was struggling a lot for not knowing what I really want to be doing for not doing it for not going to my passion for not giving it to myself, acknowledging what I wanted to do. On the third month, I think, when I was with her, we were talking during a session, like, to help me lower the gate and lower the tension, the um, social tension that I had worn on over the years or every judgment, you know, just to help myself calm down and look at myself neutrally. And it, it just happened, like, in a split of a second. I just said it. I was like... I want to act. And the moment I said, I want to act, I want to play, actually. This is what I said. I was talking in French. Je veux jouer. Mm -hmm. It's playing. I just want to play. Mm -hmm. And play seriously. God knows how serious I am. Acknowledging that I am an actress was the easiest and the hardest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, from this moment on, and this was um, a year or so ago, a year and a half wow, ago. Wow, so it's pretty recent. Yes. Since then, I promise you, I haven't had anxiety a day for for a moment. I would stress because of certain events, but this elephant that was standing on my chest every morning, I would wake up because what am I waking up for? What do I want to do? Well, what is the reason for my life? Uh, I don't want to go do this. This, this doesn't feel right. I don't want to be there. All this is gone. Yeah. Because this is me. Mm -hmm. And the struggle is humongous in New York. Mm -hmm. The competition is unbelievable. The work I got to be doing right now on myself, at this very moment on myself, is, is unbelievable. But God knows the struggle is the best struggle in the world. 
And, and this fight is so worth it. And I am so happy. I can die tomorrow. I would be fine. I don't want to die, but. <laughs> well, I'm sure moving here must have been pretty overwhelming, but exciting too, right? So I'm wondering how you would uh, describe your life right now. What has changed for you? I, I can write a book. It's so hard to talk about it in few words. I really can talk about every single thing I learned on a very intimate and personal level and on a, in a general level. Like, even my behavior around men is totally different right now. I if When I... When I approach a man, I have less guards, and God knows why I had guards, because I thought I was a free woman, and like, um, even my, my in my small society, I'm the crazy one, and I'm the free spirit. Oh, not that free. Uh, there's a lot about freedom that, uh, that I didn't uh, touch really? yet, because freedom comes with responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. Which is great. So yeah, now around men, I am, I am feeling better. Men are different too, but here, yes, there's definitely. a big difference. There's a big difference. What's, what's the difference? Well, first, when there is a diversity, you get to meet anything sure. and everything. Plus, they've been exposed to more diversity, so they're they're changed. So the Italian is not like the Italian in Italy, and the French is not like the French in Ita- in, in, in France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so like. And it's the melting pot, like it's a soup. Every every ingredient took from the other one. You cannot just taste it like without the other things. Mm-hmm. So and it's rich. I came. I chose New York because I thought that in New York I would be able to walk in a room where at le- where each person would have at least one thing that is better from me. So I'm in a constant. I would be constantly exposed to new information, knowledge growth, new perspective. I'm I'm craving that. I, I still am like I feel the thirst for that. Mm. I this is wealth for me. Are you working on uh any particular project these days? I don't know if I told you previously. Mm. I am in the process of writing a play on women and working on it at the Susan Batson studio. Oh, My, that's fantastic. Yes, and I'm so excited about it because I like writing. I love writing and I've already done it mm-hmm. many times before and it was successful as per the result of it. And now I have the biggest motivation ever to write. There is one subject that is very interesting to me, which is the stereotype that I'm facing oh, yeah. here. Yes, but it won't be the only thing I want to talk about. And why the stereotype? It's because I'm an Arabic speaking uh, woman. However, I don't look Arabic. And yet, I have an Arabic culture, but also it's not strictly Arabic. Mm. I have been exposed to the French culture. My my studies were done, all my studies at school were done in French. And of course, I am not the only one. I speak English since I was a kid. So I am not only Arabic and I don't look Arabic. And uh, I told you... Uh, earlier that the funniest thing is that people have so much trouble knowing where I am from because because it's not recognizable and there is this stereotype. So I would like to work on this and explore this and also uh, work on other women's issue that I have like looked up such as 
the divorce, the inheritance, the um, custody of the children after the divorce for women, the, like all women's right, the, the, the violence done, physical violence or verbal violence that is omnipresent in most and in many Arabic cultures or actually even around the world. But I would be like more happy to speak as an Arabic mm -hmm, woman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is it like to be a Lebanese woman right now? I cannot represent or talk for all Lebanese women mm -hmm. because, again, the culture and the background of each one of us is so diverse. Right. If the question is personal and you're asking me, I can easily say that I feel blessed that I did not go through any trouble mm -hmm. with inequality sure. between men and women. However, this is the society I, I grew into mm. and this is where I learned Uh, for being a woman and I am affected whether I like it or not by my surrounding by stories mm. I hear by people I see I may have said this earlier but the, uh, there are many religions in mm. Lebanon mm -hmm. and each religion defines a culture mm -hmm. which is very normal and as a Middle Eastern country this is the most diverse Would you have something to um, share with our listeners? Is there anything in particular that you would like people to listen to, to watch, to read? You know, today I would like to share, yeah, actually, I would like to recommend a Lebanese movie. And I'm doing so because I would have never recommended any Lebanese product ever when I was in Lebanon. <laughs> So it's until I came to New York that I became proud to be Lebanese or even belonging to an Arabic-speaking uh, society. Mm. It's not because I'm far and I miss Lebanon. I do not really miss going there. I miss my parents, but I'm happy where I am right now. Like someone said, if you have a broken English, it's good because it means you know another language. <laughs> and knowing Arabic is something. <laughs> Learning Arabic was something at school as well. So no, it's not only about the language, but the culture. It's so rich. The Arabic culture is so rich. And the Lebanese is, is specific as well and rich. I mean, I love this country. It's so beautiful and it's so diverse and, and, and very, very small. Like it's a very small country. I like to emphasize on the fact that I'm proud to be Lebanese now because I wasn't. And I'm proud to be an Arabic speaker person and to have some of the Arabic culture because I wasn't. Mm. And Why? I can hardly answer this question. Like, it's difficult to answer this question. Why? I really don't know why. Because there are so many beautiful things. I think it's been induced in my... I don't know where it comes from. I have a tendency to think it's from the media, but I'm not sure. But... Yeah, there's, there, there, there was an association with being an Arab and shame. Like shame because I'm Arabic, because it's an under, um, under culture, let's say, because we're not a f first world country. Maybe from the collective consciousness. I don't know where it comes from, but it wasn't me. Now, I don't care where it comes from because it's not in me anymore and not at all. Mm. If I have to mention one thing and one person, I would love people to watch West Beirut. It's one Lebanese movie that really represents an era in Lebanon. And I really admire the, the director, Ziad Weiri. Uh, yes, Ziad Weiri. He's unbelievable. I love everything he's done. I love his movies. And last year, I was so lucky to have a very, very small part in his feature film. But I really like 
I'm so I respect so much his work. I really would love people to watch West Beirut. It doesn't talk about war the way the media talks about it. It doesn't show something that was not there. It's not a documentary, but it's a beautifully done movie about Beirut in a war era. So, Christina, we're coming to the end of this episode of no. this wonderful conversation. <laughs> um, I think you have something uh, in mind. You'd like to sing a song? Yes. Actually, last time when you told me about the open mic, I just got a song in my head. And specifically because I love to do it. I want to play with this. And the song that I have is a, is a song that I was close to my heart all my life, even when I was a kid. I don't know why. It's actually, I like it because the melody is so sweet and positive and happy, yet the words are a bit sad. Mm -hmm. And it's a French song. <laughs> and it's called the Les uns contre les autres. In few words, it's like we do everything together, but at the end of the day, we're all alone. Let's hear it. Okay. On dort les uns contre les autres On vit les uns avec les autres On se caresse, on se cajole On se comprend, on se console Mais au bout du compte On se rend compte Qu'on est toujours tout seul au monde on danse les uns contre les autres On court les uns après les autres On se déteste, on se déchire On se détruit, on se désire Mais au bout du compte On se rend compte qu'on est toujours tout seul au monde Merci Christina. That Merci was really lovely. Thank you so much for uh, this song. Well, actually, thank you for the opportunity, uh, for allowing me to share so much about myself and my acting experience in New York. Thank you for letting me sing this song as well. Thank you. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening. And this is uh, Christina for Actsiders, and I'm your host, Ingrid. Bye. <laughs> My guest today was Christina Farah. Reach out to her on social media via the links posted below. If you've enjoyed the show, take a minute to write a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. A huge thank you to Rachel Witako, Maggie Reed, and Luis Pangeau. All your lovely notes and words make my day. And we'll be back in two weeks, so hang tight. Until then, you can join the conversation on our brand new Facebook page at Actsiders. So have a lovely week and I'll see you in September. Bye.